What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today our focus is on reincarnation. You want to tell everybody how we got started? We've always wanted to talk about reincarnation. I guess I'll just say it. Um, but something happened recently. We know a bunch of people that are having babies uh, in 2022. And everyone who was found out what they're having is having a boy. And I was like, oh, isn't that odd? And then Gemini sends me a TikTok about this theory, the fallen soldier's theory. You want to tell everybody about the theory? So basically the TikTok explains that the fallen soldier theory is a theory that after a major upheaval in society, um, typically war, but also like a pandemic or um, just great change that causes a lot of people to die, men come back, I guess, is the, the premise that um, there's more boys born after these upheavals because it's supposedly the fallen soldiers, quote unquote, returning back to the, the mortal world to um, try to relive their lives or, or I guess make things better. And, you know, my whole thought when I saw the TikTok and we talked about it briefly was men are the ones creating the war. Men are the ones creating all the laws. Why not come back as something else? But then I also said, well, but men also control the planet. So why not come back as a guy? But anyway, it got us thinking more and more about reincarnation. And we decided, you know what, maybe it's time to do a podcast on it, on the different beliefs that witches have, you know, mm -hmm. not saying that all witches believe in reincarnation, but some of the theories that are out there. Yeah. You want me to start with a spooky story or not? I do. I do want you to start with a spooky story. Okay, so there's another thing going on on TikTok, and I don't remember the guy's name, but basically it's like weird things kids say. And it's kids that pretty much are remembering a past life, or at least life before they enter a body. And it seems like it's pretty accurate, like it's freaked out the parents. The only weird thing that I ever said to my mother, my mother lost twins at, I think, five months she miscarried or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really hard. And, and then I was born two years later or something like that. So my mom said I was playing. She says that I wasn't really, I wasn't speaking in sentences too much. Like I had a couple of sentences, but I wasn't really like, you know, I, I don't know how old I was then, but I was little, preschool. And she was thinking about the twins. She wasn't saying anything out loud, but she was thinking about the twins and saying, wow, what would it have been like if they were around now. And she says, I picked up my head and I said, but that couldn't be mommy. They had to come and go first so that I could be born. And she looked at me and said, what did you say? And then I said, nothing mommy. And I kept playing. She said, it's like my whole expression changed. Like I wasn't even, like I was just like really matter of fact speaking the way I'm speaking to you now. And then all of a sudden I was like, huh? Like a little kid. That's so creepy. Isn't it creepy? I hate, but, oh, I hate it. You want another one? Not about me, though. I do. I do want another one. Okay. So going back to my, well, not going back to, but my goddaughter, um, when she was little, if I came through the door, it's like she had to be on top of me. Like I had to pick her up over her mom, over her dad. It was like really bizarre. Mm -hmm. First of all, people have to know I'm not a kid person. I bond with certain kids or certain kids that like, I am crazy for them. And like, I love them, but other kids I look at and I'm like, um, hello, you know, and I don't know what it is. It's like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with the kid. There's just some kids I bond with. So I just thought maybe she was picking up my vibe that I was really into her. And, you know, I liked playing with her and, and all this stuff and dressing her was so much fun. Except when she was first born, when she was first born, born, she was fully developed. Like she was born after nine months, but she was tiny, like tiny, tiny, like she fit in cabbage patch doll clothes. She couldn't even fit in like oh, wow. creamy clothes. I would not pick her up then. I, I told my friend, I'm like, nope, nope. It's, it, yeah. no, she's too small. Like that, it just freaked me out. Like there was nothing yeah. really to hold. Like, it, you know, but anyway, so everybody thought it was kind of funny. Like, oh, there she goes. Like I had to be with her the entire time. Mm -hmm. Like if I was walking from one place to another, I had to pick her up. Well, one day, um, she was, talking she wasn't talking and it was baby talking blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. and um her mother said you know she's been talking and going towards one of the windows now the windows all had bars on them she was not gonna be flying out of this apartment 
but it was concerning to my friend because she was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand like why she's going there. And she doesn't talk to us about it. She just talks and walks over to the window and I have to pick her up and tell her, no, like, let's go do something else. But this time she came and started speaking to me and she was pointing at the window. My friend's like, oh my God. I said, don't worry about it. So she grabbed my hand and she's like, you know, toddlers like bopping their way over mm-hmm. and she's talking and she's looking at me and she's talking. And that's when it hit me. Whatever is there, she sees it. And whatever she sees, I also know. And we started to think at that point, my friend said, you've probably shared something with her in a past life. Could have been anything, right? Friends, sisters, you know, she could have been my mom, like who knows? So I said, okay, this is dangerous. This little girl doesn't know what's going on. So I said to whatever was there, now she's talking during this whole thing. She's not stopping. Mm -hmm. It's like, she's getting very excited because I'm now talking to it. And I said, look, whoever you are, she seems really happy to see you. But whoever you knew her as, that's not her. She's a little girl now living a different life. And you're freaking her out and you're freaking out her mom. And it could be dangerous for her. So I appreciate that you've seen us. And I would really appreciate it if you just went on your way. When I said that, she stopped talking and then lifted her arms up for me to pick her up. So I picked her up. We walked back over to the sofa like nothing. She never did it again. That's creepy. I don't know if it's creepy or not, but anyway, you know. I mean, no, no, it's creepy. It's definitely creepy. That's so creepy. Well, I think, first of all, I'm just glad they had bars on the windows. Yeah. (laughs) Because that could have been just scary, but um, I think it's, I don't know if it's creepy. I think it just depends on how you see things. I live for stuff like this. I love to see things like this because it just. You love creepy stuff. Well, that's true too. Anyway, reincarnation, where shall we begin? I want to begin with Socrates. I would love for you to do that. Or like the Bill and Ted movies, Socrates. So Socrates was around in 470 to 399 BC. I know people know who Socrates is, but I just wanted to give a time frame for it. Yeah. So he's got four arguments for believing the soul is immortal, therefore coming back and having reincarnation. Mm -hmm. So the first argument is the argument of opposites, right? Life and death are opposites and they're perpetual. So, I mean, they become perpetual in this life and death thing. Mm -hmm. For everything, there's an opposite of it. So if you know that life goes on and death is a part of life, then it's just a cycle. Second is a theory of recollection. And this is what I think really made me fall in love with Socrates because I never thought about it this way. He says, learning is essentially remembering. You're not really learning when you go to school. You've been here before. You've done this before. And what's the one thing people always say about generations? Oh, the new generation is smarter than the last one. Are they smarter or have they done this so many times already that they can just boom, 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 boom. Okay, I remember this. I remember that. Okay, algebra is not a big deal. What are we doing now? Socrates also believes that the only way man could have gotten to where they were at the point that he was alive was because of this. Because if you had to learn everything from the beginning, would we have evolved as a species? Think about other animals that are also evolving, but they're not evolving this way. We create new things because we're not creating new things. We are building on the things we already know. So we come to this earth kind of clean right? Not remembering anything. But as we go through school, as we go through life, we go, oh, wait a minute. And we don't know how we make these connections. But think about people who invent things. And all of a sudden, they found the gap in the research and they've gone, it's this. Is it this because they've studied this before? And now that they've remembered it from learning it here, they have a clearer view of it. It's weird. Gemini's just staring at me. Usually there's like expression. There's like nothing. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. I don't know. Do you want to talk about recollection specifically right now, or do you want to talk about all four of Socrates' ideas together? Okay, I guess we can do all of them together. Okay, I'll keep going. I wasn't sure if you wanted to say something. I don't want to. I I have a lot of thoughts, so I don't want to interrupt and then derail from Socrates. Okay. So the third argument he has, so we have um, opposites, recollection, affinity. Okay, so the argument from affinity distinguishes between those things that are immaterial and invisible um, and immortal from things that are material, visible, and perishable. So the soul is not 
a soul that's not properly detached from the body will become a ghost that will long to be in flesh. The point is to detach. In other words, at the point of death, the, the soul, the spirit must detach from the body and material things to be able to go on and come back. One that is not able to detach, that's so tied to material things, will be stuck in this ghost-like form. So he even thinks about spirit versus ghost. It's the same thing, but what is your intention? And it's one of the reasons why a lot of religions say to not be materialistic because these are the things that are going to hold you down, you know? So like, yeah, I love my stuff, but when it's time to go, like this doesn't belong to me anymore. It's trash or it belongs to somebody else if they want it. Like you have to let go. And they, he says some people can't let go. And that's when you get into those problems. So he says a philosopher's detached soul will dwell free in the heavens. I like that. I like the idea of like, hey, I'm, I'm out of here. Okay. Um, so then we have the fourth, which is an objection, the theory of forms. So what does he say? Um, the soul is alive. It animates the body. Which is not to say the body isn't alive, but it's alive in a different way, right? I mean, it's, you know, but when the body dies, right? So since form of life does not include its opposite, death, then the soul must be immortal. We're alive because of a soul. If you're alive, you can't be dead. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I follow it. Okay, life and death is a cycle, but they're opposites. They're, they, you can't have one and the other. Death is the absence of life. You, so, yes. so if the soul is what makes a flesh, a fleshy thing alive, then the fleshy thing can die, but the soul has to keep going because the soul is not going to die. And that's, um, that's, the, that's the last thing that I have on Socrates. The next thing I have is to talk about the Kabbalah. But so obviously I love Socrates. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's my homie. I'm ride or die for this, this dead man. Um, <laughs> and I, I, Ooh, did my brain do some somersaults while, while you were talking about this? Because okay. my first thought, especially when we talk about recollection is I just find that fundamentally untrue, right? Recollection okay. it, for me feels very much like, the way that people explain things that they don't quite understand. Mm -hmm. um, but like now that we are in 2021, we understand how learning works. We understand these processes developmentally. Learning happens, right? And I don't, I don't like the idea that human beings are just remembering stuff from the past because one, I think it takes away some agency. It kind of just makes it like, oh, well, you didn't do anything. You just uncovered stuff you already know. Um, but also, I think that, you know, the whole point of humanity's evolution was the fact that our brain is so big and so special. And to say that like, okay, we're not evolving, we're just remembering, undermines the importance and the, the reason why us having a brain was the key in the first place but then you're talking about like the spirits and the ghosts and i'm like i don't think i like i don't think i actually believe in ghosts okay. like i i believe in ghosts but like i don't really believe in ghosts but then i was like is that a science thing is that because i'm so scientifically minded that i just choose not to believe in that and then like so that's a thing i have to unpack at like a later point i guess because for me, the, the opposites is really the big problem because logically, if you have a life and a death and they're opposites and you have to go through the cycle, the body must be alive and then the body must be dead. And Socrates basically bypasses the whole system by saying, well, we have an immortal soul, so the cycle doesn't matter. But if you have an immortal soul, then you're never dying. And so you never actually do the cycle. Well, you do in the sense that your body dies and that person dies. 
the person that you were in that life is not picking up in the next life. You're somebody else. But if Socrates believes that you're just remembering all the things you know, then you're not really just picking up in a new life. Well, I think what he means by remembering is this idea that you're still, you still have to learn. The idea that kids are going to look at a blank sheet you give them, or I mean, not a blank sheet, a worksheet, and go, oh, I remember this, and start writing. No, you yeah. are still learning, but the idea that we can learn things so much faster and incorporate so much more is that once we learn it in this life, our memory kind of kicks in and goes, oh yeah, I got this. So instead of taking you one week to learn something, it may take you a couple of days and you're ready to go on to the next unit. Some people who are going to say, well, not everybody's good at everything. Yeah. There might be some things that you're just not good at. Maybe you weren't good at them before and you're going to keep yeah. struggling with geography or something like that. You know, I think for me, what it really comes down to, and this is kind of like the, the Gemini take on reincarnation. Yeah. Um, I don't do dualism. Okay. So I don't treat the soul and the body as separate entities. Okay. Um, and part of that is because for me, that is um, sort of like a mystery in the way that like mystery religions are, are formed. So in the way that like Wiccans um, must be initiated and you can't know the inner secrets until you've been initiated in the way that like the Eleusinian mysteries illuminate a story about Demeter and Persephone that like isn't well known to the public. Death is a mystery. And to try and explain the mystery takes away the significance of death. And so for me, whether or not reincarnation exists is actually not, it's not a question, right? It's mm -hmm. about doing with now what you can and what is available to you because, how do I explain this? That way it kind of bypasses being correct. Um, if reincarnation is a Greek thing where you go to Elysium and you're, you know, you have to be judged by the three judges and then eventually you might be able to reincarnate it. Or it's a Buddhist thing where you're trying progressively to reach Nirvana. It doesn't matter because if that's the kind of thing that's happening when I'm dead, it's not for me. Right. Okay. And so Gemini doesn't, it, it doesn't factor into practice. Got it. Um, I don't think anybody's going to have the answer to reincarnation until, Correct. until you die and you figure out what's going to happen to you. And at that point you can't tell anybody anyway. So, you know, but I, I you know, I was going to say we're just spinning our wheels, but I think this is an interesting wheel to spin. Oh, great. You know, talk about. Um, should we go on to the next group I had? Yes, please do. Okay. So we have Kabbalah, speaking of to spin, um, they believe in, how, how do I put this? So first of all, they're really much in line with the Buddhist idea of samsara, uh, which, is all, which is often depicted as a wheel. Okay. So we're talking about the Gilgal, and I'm probably saying it wrong which comes from the Hebrew root meaning to spin. So the soul in Kabbalistic view spins onward through a great many bodies striving after a higher form of perfection. This is something that came in you know, Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. We're talking about 12th to 13th century. The Buddhists believe that death is a part of life, right? It's a cycle that leads to rebirth, an endless cycle that is called samsara, which I just said is kind of like the same thing as this idea of, the, of to spin in Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. um, Hinduism also has a key belief in the cycle of samsara. All living things here are um, an atman, which is a piece of Brahman or spirit or soul. So a piece of something bigger that's mm -hmm. going to live on. And then we have Wicca. <laughs> I mean, there are, a lot, there are a lot more, but I was not going to sit yeah. here for like an hour talking about different religions. I just wanted to pick up on the ones that I feel Wicca has taken a lot from. Mm-hmm to form their ideas. So, okay, so they believe that after you die, you are reborn again. And you will meet again with those people uh, who you had a close personal tie to in previous lives, almost in a sense that you are constantly with the same people. 
I'll give you my opinion. I haven't given you my opinion on any of this. Have you noticed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the aim in reincarnation for Wiccans is not to escape life on earth, but to experience it again and again until everything that can be learned is learned or absorbed or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Once you've done all that, once there's nothing left to learn, you can go off to the land, well, the land, uh, this place, this blissful kind of place called the Summerland, um, or the Lord of Youth. It's believed that we all have individual souls and that animals have a collective soul. So in other words, when my little dachshund decides that it's no longer, you know, he's had enough of being here, um, he will, his soul will go to a collective of dachshund souls to be plucked out and born again. Kind of like you putting it back into the clay and then you pull out, pull out a piece of clay and you do something mm -hmm. with it. It's kind of like that. Whereas humans have individual souls. That is Wicca. Now, Espiritismo, um, which is where my branch of Espiritismo, Lucy Verdad, so I was brought up that we are absolutely reincarnated, that mm -hmm. we may or may not meet up with people that we've known in the past, mm -hmm. that we may or may not have, that we may or may not meet up with people that we've met up with in the past, but definitely it is to make connections with new people. So yes, maybe your dad was your son in a past life, but you've never had a connection with your mom. So in this life, the important thing is to make that connection with mom. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't know when you're born definitely there's a choice to be made so that before you're even born and a lot of philosophies believe this that you've chosen your parents that does not mean you've chosen a life because a lot of people say well that means someone's chosen to be abused or to be no a lot of things can happen once you're born and bad circumstances can happen to somebody and then that will affect their offspring so no one is chosen to be mistreated. Mm -hmm. Things happen, unfortunately, things happen and people turn out the way they do and then that inflicts on the next generation and the next generation. So what you've chosen though are these people and you just hope kind of for the best that when you are born into this family, things are going to be able to help you achieve what you want to achieve, what you've set out in your mind to achieve. I think um, Wiccans, I believe also, feel this way when you die no one's judging you mm -hmm. right you have decided like i have decided in this life i am going to do x when i die someone's going to say did you do x no all right you still want to do x yeah all right so off you go go do x do you know what i mean mm -hmm. um it's kind of like that no one's saying that you're bad or good and you achieve this, oh wow, so you're a superstar, now you get to do, no, everybody has free, free will to do whatever they want in their next life, but you've kind of set goals for yourself. So if you don't meet them, it's like, so what'd you learn? What'd you do? Do you think you need to go back and do that? You know, And then you kind of decide. So it's almost like in college when you have an advisor, they're not mm -hmm. there to tell you what major to pick, they're not telling you what to do with your life, but okay, this, you know, you gotta, you gotta probably do this. So do you wanna go do this? Um, and we have to experience everything in life. We have to be born everywhere and be everything and be all genders. Um, and that's pretty much it. And try not to hurt people along the way. Um, Espiritismo also does believe in the idea that what you do, what you owe, you have to pay. Mm -hmm. And so if you have hurt someone, you are going to have to pay them back somehow. If it's not this lifetime, the next one. You know, you owe people, you have to pay. That doesn't mean pay, like go to jail. I mean, like, you know, you did something to somebody. Maybe you have to like pay them back by, I don't know, being a good neighbor to them in the next life or something. It doesn't have to be something drastic. You know, mm -hmm. you cut off their arm, not to cut off your arm in the next life. No, you know, you cut off their arm. Maybe you're a doctor in the following life and you have to save their arm, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that, you know? Um, so it's, it's not like you're going to get punished, but just be conscious of what you do in this world because it will continue. That's probably the only thing that I have been taught that I guess at this point, I believe that it's probably the only thing that you don't have a choice about is that if you have, and usually that comes when you hurt someone, not when you've done good for somebody, but mm -hmm. if you hurt somebody, what was the hurt that you did and how can you 
make up for it somehow. You can't make up if in you know if you can make up for it in the lifetime you're living, you don't have to do anything in the next life. But you know, so that's why for me, when it comes to what you remember as a kid and these kids remembering things, it kind of goes hand in hand with what I was always brought up to believe. The things that I kind of really questioned all the time. You know, could this be? Maybe there is nothing when mm-hmm. you go. But I guess for me, and just for me, not speaking for any other Wiccan or whatever, or a Spiritista or anything like that, those are just like, I definitely do believe that there is reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm, you know, I, I keep saying jokingly, but I'm kind of not. I, I kind of hope there isn't. I really don't want to do this again. Mm-hmm. Like, this was fun. This was great. I don't need to come back. You know? Mm-hmm. More plagues for me. I'm kind of done with pandemics. Yeah, I'm well, done with terrorist attacks like 9/11. Like I'm done with everything. Like I'm good. I'm good. This was good. So I read a very interesting article the other day. Um, I'm a big fan of fantasy novels, and I'm a big fan of Brandon Sanderson, who is for anybody who reads fantasy novels a, a big name in the genre. Um, and Brandon Sanderson is a Mormon. And he talks about his Mormonism on like his blog and everything. And he wrote this very interesting sort of discussion about why he believes in Mormonism and what Mormonism, one of the tenets of Mormonism. Um, and he talks about the Mormon belief in reincarnation. And as I was reading it, I was like, wow, this is weirdly like um, new age stuff because the, the, what he talks about, and like I trust him as a resource. He's a very outspoken Mormon. I think I I think I can believe him. Um, he talks about how the belief is basically that God gave humans free will, and so mm, nope. Let's roll that back. The belief is that God gave His spirits free will, right? Like angels and all of that stuff. They all have ah, free will, okay. and so these spirits wanted to live lives where they could experience life for themselves, right? And, and basically create a planet where they go to, to try and experience all of the life that they can. And God has to let them do it because otherwise they don't have free will. So life is just these spirits trying to experience life and obviously for Mormons also find their way back to God and quote unquote be mm. saved. Right. But the, the premise is the same that like you choose a life to live and it's about experiencing a life as much as possible. And then you live another life and you can choose a different life and you keep choosing and choosing and choosing. And there's lives and lives and lives and lives until you're either saved, mm. right? Converted or you have experienced enough life that you're like able to go back to, to God. Um, and that it's very much, uh, you, everyone will always end up saved because there are so many lives that you live, that you experience over and over that eventually they all come back to God. And for me, this is very much like, oh, well, it's like nirvana. You live enough lives until eventually you are enlightened or you live enough lives until you eventually go to the Summerland. Um, and it, it's, it's very interesting for me because it feels like a lot of these new age religions and like a lot of these new age, not like new age, the group, but like mm. religions that started later all kind of have the same premise for reincarnation right mormonism was a very late offering to christianity paganism as a umbrella of religions doesn't officially start until at least the 1950s all of these new group of religions kind of all say the same premise that we're going to be reincarnated over and over you choose the life you want to live to experience as much as you can you keep experiencing things until you eventually hit the godhead whatever that is yeah, I have to agree with you. Yeah. And I, I thought it was very weird because that's like deeply non-Christian. So I don't have, ah, I should have looked at Christianity and reincarnation. So supposedly somewhere in the beginning of Christianity, there was a nod to reincarnation, but I don't have 
I need to back it up. So I'm not going to like go full force, but I could have sworn somewhere in my writing somewhere, somewhere in my research on this Christianity did believe in reincarnation and they scaled it back to offer you the afterlife heaven, hell alternative, but mm -hmm. I'm not positive. Yeah. It's, it's just very interesting to me. And it makes me wonder like what happened historically, like where that change came from. Yeah, like if something happened in history that made people change. Yeah. And then is it a fallen soldiers thing? Was there like a major, could it, I don't know when Mormonism started. I feel like Mormonism started in the late 1800s. So I can't be like hundred percent certain there, but like, was it a series of drastic wars? Did it start with the civil war and every war afterwards? We've just been coming closer to this premise. Like, hmm. are they related? We can't answer that, but I, I right. want to consider it. I want to think about it. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to consider. Yeah, we don't even know where did this fallen soldiers thing even come from? I know, right? We just saw TikTok and we were like smitten. <laughs> well, but the thing, I know it's true. But the thing is, I actually mentioned it to somebody who is having a boy. I don't know who it was. And they said, yeah, I've heard that. I'm like, you've heard that? I'd never heard of that huh. before. Yeah, I also had never heard. So obviously, listeners, you need to reach out and let us know if you have heard of it. Yes. If you have any input, because I would, yes. I need to know. I need to know more things about this. I also want to know what other witches think of reincarnation, because I mean, again, this is just a fun thing to talk about because no one's going to have the answer. Yeah. And what I was thinking about as we were talking about this also is, this is one of my favorite parts about us doing the podcast is it allows me to sort of coalesce my thoughts into real like format instead of just like thoughts um because I was thinking about like my response to Socrates and like oh well this is a very old way of thinking about it and it's not scientific blah 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 but in a non-dualistic sense if I see the soul as inherently a part of the body and the two cannot be separated well that actually works fine because our body decomposes and returns to the earth and the parts of our body become parts of other things through the circle of life. Um, why wouldn't the spirit also decompose and return to the ethereum, the mm -hmm. ether, and then parts of that spirit be incorporated into other living things, which would then explain how kids can have those weird fuck all oh, those super creepy moments because maybe they have a part of someone you know like a, a part of that spirit got it got it so every spirit in a sense is a new spirit because when they go back they're kind of recycled exactly no? okay okay got yes it. so like reincarnation could happen but you are not you're not the same spirit over and over and over Right. your different amalgamations of different spirits in the uh, same way that like the dirt is a different amalgamation of dead bodies which then become a part of the worm which then become a part of the bird etc etc right so if that's the case then why what is the point of reincarnation it would it wouldn't be a it, it wouldn't be a godhead sort of thing. Right. It would be a literally a recycling, like an ecological form of Got reincarnation it. as opposed Got to it. a spiritual form of reincarnation. So it would be kind of like, now that we're talking about recycling, so it's kind of good for the planet to keep having beings come back to yes. work the land, Ooh. do whatever. So it's really just part of nature. Circle like we need to of just, life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that that actually, ooh, I suddenly uh, have a fully formatted thought about reincarnation. This is great. I feel like a whole okay. new person. Go. One of the things that um, my husband and I have talked about repeatedly is sort of climate change fear. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are experiencing climate change fear and cli climate change anxiety right now. But there's this like I'm going to straight up call them eco-fascists. There are these eco-fascists who are like, it's overpopulation and having more kids is bad for the environment. No, no. Having more kids is a fundamental part of the cycle of living things. 
And if we human beings stop having kids because we're afraid of worsening the climate, then the only people on the planet are the people who have already fucked up the climate. True. So if we think of reincarnation as an ecological system, reproduction is necessary to Mm -hmm. reformat the human race. If you do not, and I think that that would also sort of justify this idea of spirits recombining, because if a spirit has been, if we think about it in the traditional sense, right? One spirit goes into different bodies and experiences different things. If that spirit has been experiencing greed and abundance and wealth repeatedly, Mm. why would they not want to keep doing that? True. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't it, in the same way that you were like, well, why would you want to come as a man? Oh, because men have power. Why wouldn't you want to go be a powerful person? But if you're recombining bits and pieces, maybe eventually you get to a spirit that's like, mm, money's not as important as not dying. Mm. And that is my fully formed thought on reincarnation. I think it is an I ecological like process. I really like it. Again, who the heck knows? But I know I like that because it, yeah. it because it kind of it puts us it gives everything equal footing, right? Yeah, right. Everything on the planet. It's almost like you know, we always say Mother Nature. Well, Mother's taking control by mm-hmm. making sure the assembly line keeps going, and it really is about everything being alive. Also, yeah. when people say to kids, people just stop having kids. I think about like other generations where they had ten kids. 16 kids. How many people yeah. do you know? I don't know anybody who's had 10 kids. I think the max that I've ever heard is someone saying they have four. And even other people with kids go, oh, you had four? I, like, I you said know. that to someone last night. I was like, four is a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think yeah. people necessarily go out and have all these kids. At least we're talking about the U.S., of course. I'm not talking about the whole world, but I'm just saying yeah. when you look at how people used to live on farms and, and they used to yeah. have that kind of society you had a lot more kids because you needed them to like do all these different jobs yeah and so. I think ecologically thinking about reincarnation ecologically also takes away some of that uh, difficulty that a lot of people have with the idea of like choosing your life or um, the idea that like you want to experience all of these different lives because I know a lot of people regardless of whether or not that is meant literally have difficulty with the idea of like, well, I chose, I chose this and it sucks. You know, if you, think about re- if you think about reincarnation ecologically, there is no choice because right. it's just a re- the, the same recycling process that our, our atoms go through in the universe. Right. It's just a smaller scale. So there's no, I say to my students all the time, evolution doesn't choose. Evolution doesn't have a brain. Things just happen, and sometimes we get lucky, and sometimes we don't. And that is kind of the, the ecological format of reincarnation, that there is no choice. Things just happen, and sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes the mutation is you're really, really strong and really, really fast, and sometimes the mutation is you have sickle cell. And it just right. happened. It wasn't anybody's fault. Right. But, Okay just to throw something else out there. You could have, like, you could be born, like you mentioned sickle cell, so let's just stick with sickle cell. That could be a mutation in the physical form that the spiritual or the soul has no control over. So that they're born and something goes wacky in the process of combining all the DNA and you come out and you go, okay, this is not what I came here for. I didn't come here to be sick, but here I am. So now what am I going to learn from it? It's almost like a game that's not fair. Like, what did you choose to be? Where did you choose to be born? Okay. And yet the person saying, okay, knows there's so many things that could happen to you that could go terribly wrong. How are you going to survive it? And I know this is going to sound terrible. And by the time this airs, will be out of date, but squid game, right? (laughs) You play a squid game and you think you have control because you know this game, but what you didn't bank on playing red light, green light, was that the kid saying red light, green light, or the robot was going to have, you know, machine guns and shoot you down if you, if yeah. you moved, right? You didn't, it's like, that's not what I came here to play, but that's the game. But How are you that, going to adapt? I think for me, ecological reincarnation makes that easier to deal with because yeah. when you use the word choice, for, for many people, that makes it feel like 
I picked everything. Right. Right. Like I, okay, I had the choice. I could have chosen to be Jeff Bezos. Instead, I chose to be, you know, um, a, a foster child. And like, why would right. I choose that? Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. Um, so to answer that in, in going the other way, right, mm-hmm. is, and, I, and I, maybe I didn't explain it, what I meant, but you choose your parents, but just like in Squid Game, your parents come into this earth and you don't know, they don't know what they're in for. They could be in for yeah. anything. They think they've made decisions, right? But then when they finally get there, it's almost like teaching. You've written a lesson and then you get to yeah. class and you realize this has gone over everybody's heads. Yep. I got to take a step back. So you've made the decision. I am going to come on this earth this time and I'm, these are going to be my parents and I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to become a lawyer. And then you get here, but You've chosen that path. Maybe your parents have chosen to be vegan people on a commune. And now when you're born, they're teaching you about the environment and you go, I'm going to be a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you could be an environmental lawyer. Well, yeah, you could be an environmental lawyer. Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that illnesses, that's, that's a physical thing. So, yeah. you know, that could be you thought you were going to come here and do something, but guess what? Somewhere in the womb, something didn't click the way it was supposed to. And now, yeah. you know, you have this. So yeah, I don't think anybody chooses to be in foster care. Nobody deserves to have horrible things happen to them. I think that's the problem with life that yeah. you can plan, but there's a limit to your planning and anything at any point could steer you and spin you off into a different direction and I think that's why a lot of these belief systems say there's no judgment at the end, because guess what? You, your environment wasn't, it turned yeah. not to be right. Something happened and now you couldn't no judgment. Do you still want to do this thing? Are you done? Yeah. Now there are other philosophies that believe that we have chosen almost everything. In other words, everybody on the planet has to experience, um, let's say cancer. Everybody on, on, on the planet has to experience, have good experiences and bad experiences. In other words, life is not about just having like a grand old time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying these are my beliefs. I'm saying that I've also read about people saying yeah. that sometimes the terrible things we go through are things that we decided we have not experienced this. So, yeah, you know, we, ha- we can all experience being rich. We can all experience being homeless. We can all experience whatever. Part of having those experiences, <clears throat> excuse me, is not so much for us, the singular us, but for us, the universal us. While there are homeless people on the planet, what are we doing about it? America sucks it, at it. And no, but I'm just saying like overall, yeah. right? Yeah. So some people say, I'm going to choose to have blank. Will society come together for it? Will society do something about it? Um, are, it's just part of the steps to learning how to love each other, to recognize that we're all in this together. Even though we live in separate homes, I can look out my window and see my neighbors, but guess what? We're on the same block, right? Yeah. We're living through the same, almost the same exact situations with the climate um, if they live here, they probably have to drive to work. You know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. living pretty much quote unquote, your surroundings. How does the rest of the planet deal with it? Does anybody care what's happening to their neighbors? And I don't just mean the neighbor across the street. I mean, the neighbor in another continent. Do we care? Yeah. At what point are we going to care? And the fact that if we're all born on this side of the world versus another side of the world, we've all experienced that. We come back to this side. Are we helping that side? Yeah. Has our worldview, even if it's a spiritual worldview, has it, have we learned anything? Are we going to try to make it better? Mm-hmm. Again, you know, yeah. this is the weirdest <laughs> conversation because we're all right and none of us are right because nobody has a clue. <laughs> so I, let's ask a, let's ask a, heavy question of the two of us that we will never fully answer, but is a very interesting question to to discuss. Okay. Um, Can you use reincarnation to spiritually bypass? Is, is the belief, I don't mean this for everybody, but 
is it possible that the belief that we have to experience everything and and we go to different places and is that a tool for some people to say oh well i don't have to deal with this right now i'll deal with this in my next life i don't have to help others right now i'll help others in my next life i think the hard part about answering that is one do, do people believe in reincarnation yeah. Do, do they believe in that specific type of reincarnation, right? There's so many different avenues we can go with this, right? And three, is anybody thinking about it that hard? Well, we I are. Mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I believe in reincarnation. I've had my struggles with it, but I was taught that reincarnation was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through the, yeah, okay. And the no, and the yes, and going back and forth. But even me, I don't, I still don't think about it that hard because- Here's the thing. I don't know if I'm doing what I was supposed to do when I got here. I have no clue mm-hmm. if, if that holds up, right? Yeah. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to keep doing, I'm going to keep doing me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then yes. at the end, if it turns out that, yes, that is the way we are reincarnated, then I'll worry about it then. But, I, you know, I also feel even if there is reincarnation, you have to live for this life. Yes, you are alive right, right now. So, you know, if you don't like your situation and you have the opportunity to change it, not everybody has the opportunity to say, I'm going to reinvent myself and do something else. But mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity, do it. Take a chance. Yeah. Because, again, I firmly believe in reincarnation. And I could be wrong. And this could be the only life I have. So I'm not going to wait for another life to do anything. Because if there is no other life, then what? Well, and even with, if we use the definition that you use, this is still the only life you, Scorpio, have. Yeah. yeah. Because the next life is not this, it's not your, it's not your life, it's that spirit's life. Right. And I'm pretty sure that spirit will also be a Scorpio. <laughs> I need you, I need uh you to just do a series of nested past life readings where the only question is was i a scorpio that would be hysterical can you imagine if they all come up scorpio i need it i need you to do it we're gonna do that at some point because that would be utterly hilarious one of my seniors saw my tattoo and she said oh it's really nice and i said thank you i said it's a constellation of scorpio and she said of course because you scorpios just love being scorpios (laughs) she's not wrong I said, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I had a weird little deja vu moment and I wasn't a kid. Mm-hmm. So I spent a summer in London when I was in college. And prior to leaving, I'd had this weird dream. Mm-hmm. I don't know what year it was, but I was wearing, I would say maybe like a close to like, it wasn't Edwardian. I'm going to say it's more like a Victorian style dress. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of hiding in another room and I was watching these men speak. That's right. And I don't remember what they had said, but I remember when they left that this man who I recognized in the dream as being my husband came to the door and he goes, did you hear it all? And I said, yes. He said, what do you think? And I said, I think they're going about this completely the wrong way. And he had this secret office for me in the house and we That's went cute. he threw out these plans and i said let me tell you where they're wrong and it, the impression i got in my dream was not that he was humoring me it was that he knew that he i was going to have the answer yeah, yeah and that he wanted to hear what i had to say and i don't know if it was before we went there or after no it was when we were looking at the plans and i said oh my god that noise when are they going to be done building that bank and how many banks do we actually need that's it. That was my dream. And I remembered it. I remember I wrote it down because I was like, this is really vivid and weird, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that summer I go to London and I'm with my friends. And one of my friends had been there before. Only one. The rest of mm-hmm. us, this is a brand new experience. Okay. Oh, no. And we're walking down the street and somebody said, oh my God, we have to find a bank soon. And I said, don't worry about it. Just one on the next block across the street. And the minute I said it, they looked at me and I went, where the hell did that come from? The dream. It was there. It was the bank from my I dream. 
I and it, it was the next around the corner the next block across the street from where we were was the same damn bank and my friends were just staring at me they, I knew I got pale because they were like are you okay and I'm like no nope I'm not okay <laughs> no I'm fucked so, up right now was this just yeah I'm completely fucked up right now was this a dream was I remembering something and it came through in a dream mm -hmm. was my spirit soul whatever you want to call it excited that I was going back Mm -hmm. to some place that I had been before. Cause that was a really odd thing. And I'm telling you, I know what the fucking building looks like. And to this day, I never want to go back to that street because it just freaks me the fuck out. And you um, should, you should go back. I should. And I bet, you know, it'd be really interesting if I didn't even look like if I just did it by you like, just like got there without try yeah. trying to get there. Yeah. Or like if I said, okay, I'm going to go to the bank and see if I can actually find it. Because in all honesty, it was so many years ago. I don't even know what part of London we were in when I saw the bank. But it was not like a shopping place or whatever. I have no idea what we're talking uh, about. Yeah, no, you have to do that again for sure. For but, sure. And, I, and you hear about people who have situations like that all the time where they get somewhere and they're like, I've been here before? No, I yeah. haven't. Yes, I have. You know, so I don't know, you know? I just think it's great to talk about. I think it's interesting that Wicca has their view on it. That's a very, yeah. you know, they've got their stance that so many of the religions that we already know they've taken from yeah. have similar stances. Yes. And I liked bringing in Socrates because he's, he's not, my bulldog. Because he's, he's your homie. No, but because when you're thinking about Socrates, he wasn't a, uh, a priest. He wasn't clergy. Yeah. Okay. We're just talking about a philosopher that really was trying to figure out the meaning of everything. And this is something yeah. that he firmly not just thought about, had four arguments for. Like he was yeah. ready to discuss reincarnation with anybody. And I think that's kind of cool. I, I think this podcast, more than many other podcasts, really is indicative of sort of like what the whole point of witch space was in the first place, which is just a space for us to talk about witchy things. Mm -hmm. And I, I really encourage our listeners just to like, see if you can find a person, mm -hmm. like find your Scorpio, find your Gemini, because it was really helpful to have this conversation and be able to be like, oh, I understand now the way that I conceptualize reincarnation and I can explain it now to other people in a way that I literally couldn't have done before we had this conversation. And really? I think, yeah, I, oh, like I got it. I knew it, but I couldn't right. verbalize it. And then having done this, I'm like, oh yeah, ecological reincarnation. That's, that's the premise. Like that's what this is for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's never been about being right. Yeah. Although sometimes, you know, we like to be right. It's never been about being right. It's about finding ways to understand yourself and your practice better and deeper and more intimately. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to add your ecological reincarnation to my list now of possibilities for reincarnation because I never heard mm -hmm. of that. And that's, to I mean, it's, it's all possible. All yeah. the things we mentioned are possible and we could be wrong about every single one of them. Yeah. And this is it. That's like a, a problem in philosophy. It's like a logic problem about like whether or not you should believe in God. Um, mm. I should have looked that up. That would have been a great conversation to have. But it's basically like there are these premises, like if you believe in God and God exists, you go to heaven. If you believe in God and God doesn't exist, nothing bad happens. If you uh, don't believe in God and he does exist, you go to hell. If you don't believe in God and he doesn't exist, then nothing happens. So lo like logistically, you just believe in God because it gives you the most positive outcomes. Okay. You know, that should be another podcast. Like what does God mean? That'd be like a really, I'm putting it down. I'm putting it down yeah. in the spreadsheet. Yep. Because that's, that. I know I'm using the spreadsheet now. I know you're very happy. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think it is good to, it's good to just think about what do you believe? Especially because yeah. sometimes, like I said, you know, I was taught a certain way about reincarnation and there, there was times when I just said, okay, I have to just go from square one and see what other people say. And yeah. does it resonate with me? Does it resonate with my experiences? You know, some people have had no kind of woo-woo experiences and then it's harder for them, you know, yeah. to, and maybe, maybe I haven't had these experiences. Maybe there's a glitch in my brain. There's a lot yeah. we don't know about how the brain works. So maybe there's a glitch 
that, you know, certain people have, and we think we see things or we think we have experienced certain things that we haven't. But then is the glitch just a physical manifestation of the spiritual? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to make life difficult. (laughs) I think, I think we're, I don't know. We're never going to know anything, but I think we have to think about all these things at some point in our lives. Yeah. No, I, I big agree. I think for me, one of the reasons I like the idea of ecological reincarnation so much is because I do not like the veneration of humankind mm. that, I, that, that I find that most humankind does. This idea that like we're special, we're different. Um, we get individual souls, but animals all have a collective soul, things like that. Um, the, the choice to separate humanity from its ecological context had we've clearly demonstrated is a bad idea right otherwise climate change wouldn't exist we would be living in our own ecological contexts and so for me having a religious framework that is also an ecological framework forces you to be conscious of the rest of the world Mm. do you know what i mean yeah yeah i like that you know so wicca says that animals have a collective soul my Espiritismo says the same thing. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I, if, I have, if I have my own soul, so does he, right? He's just yeah. sleeping. You know, um, and the other thing is, you got to find heaven and hell because the idea of heaven sounds horrendous to me. Okay. That does not sound like a good time. So let me get this straight. Everybody who has died, who has been good, whatever good means, is in heaven. It sounds like it would be a continuous Mardi Gras or a continuous, you know, Halloween in Salem, where everybody's there, you can't do anything because the streets are packed, and you're miserable. So heaven to me sounds like hell. Because mm-hmm. if everybody's in heaven, that's annoying. And then I think about all the quote-unquote good people that I've known in my life. I don't want to be around them. They're annoying. Yeah. So I really hope that's not the option. Because we're going to be so disappointed when we get up and it's like, Hi, my name is St. Peter. Is your name on the oh. list? No. Okay, you got to take the escalator. Um, the elevator's been broken for about 4,000 years. Sorry. Wait, to go down? Don't, don't we have yeah. a pole? Didn't little Nas tell us it's a pole to go from heaven? Oh, to I, am, I am not pole dancing to hell. Thank you. I will break you my neck. You don't have to pole dance. You can just, you know, slide down. No, have you ever slid down a fireman's pole? If you don't do no. it right, that shit chafes. Yeah, I'm just, I'll take the escalator. The broken I'm escalator? Good. The elevator's broken. The escalator oh, elevator's works. Sorry. Okay. So now you know. Um, yeah. For future reference, two options, the escalator or the pole. The elevator doesn't work. Yeah, that would uh, suck. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awful. But if you're going to hell, that's one way to go, right? You're already bruised when you get there. True. So yeah. there you go. I think this, uh, this is a wrap for reincarnation. Yeah. I definitely want to hear um, everybody's opinions. I yes. want to know like other versions of reincarnation that you believe in, um, things like that. But I, I do, I think that this conversation is one of those conversations that we have, not because we get a right answer at the end, but because it is a valuable conversation to have. Yeah. I mean, I think that it definitely helps you, not so much for your practice. I mean, it could help for your practice, but I think it helps to, I think once you know what you believe, kind of helps you. I don't want to say be a better person, but be a better version of yourself just to like have for yourself certain things that are big things, things that we can't avoid to just kind of have, you know, your idea about it now and it could continually change or just stay the same. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, this was, this was a wrap. You know, it feels kind of weird though to have this conversation because like you said, there's no, not that all the other conversations we have, there are right or wrong answers, but I feel like at the end we go, okay, this is what we think. We're good. Let's go. And then with this one, it's like, eh, who knows? Yeah. But I also think that sometimes, I think sometimes that when we have a nice wrapped up answer at the end, it can kind of give the illusion that we have the right answer. Yeah. And so it's nice to just remind everybody every once in a while, like, there are no right answers. Yeah. There's only the right answer for you. And I think that we both 
came to conclusions in this about like what we believe. And that's like the whole point. The whole point is just to figure out what matters to you. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. That's, that's witch space in a nutshell. And I definitely liked your take on it because I've never thought of it that way. And it's given me something to think about. Thanks. You know, like no matter I, what happens, it's all good. Yeah. I like, I, like I said, I like being able to verbalize and like really formulate a thought around these ideas that percolate in my head. And that's why this is so good for me because I couldn't have explained that to you before the podcast, but now I have like a fully formed idea that I can explain to other people. Well, I like that for you. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. So please let us know whether it's through Instagram or, you know, our email, like just let us know what you believe. Not even about reincarnation. Just what do you think happens when we die? Yeah. That's basically what we were talking about. Like, what do you think is going to happen when we die? You know? Especially yeah. if it's something that we didn't talk about, we didn't touch upon here. Like, I definitely want to hear yeah. as many different scenarios as possible because I just think it's fascinating. I agree completely. Also, if you have any book recommendations about mm. reincarnation, definitely suggest those. Yeah. Um, we love hearing from you guys no matter what, though. So keep reaching out. You're amazing. And we love having an audience that is so invested and that lets us do what we enjoy, which is making these podcasts. Thank you to Sean McShane for our amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moon, you're following us. 